uh, in the vein of Celebration Sunday, where, where we are in our sermon series, so if you've, if you've been at the church, if you're familiar, we're going through First and Second Peter, but we kind of came to a nice break in Peter's thinking, his, his logic as he's working through his letter. And so we're going to look at, uh, you know, if you've been here for a while, you know that when we come to pauses in the series, when we come to pauses like this, special days of celebration, we like to look at names of God. Scripture calls us to praise him according to his name, to know him. And so it helps to know the different names that God gives for himself and what they reveal about his character and how we relate to him. So before we dive in this morning, there won't be a main passage that we'll read together. I want to start off with a series of conversations. And you guys just simply tell me if they sound realistic or not. All right, so a series of conversations. And you kind of figure out for yourself, does this sound like a real conversation that people might have? Or does it sound like a conversation you yourself have had? Hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. How was the week? Oh, it was a good week. I got a lot done. Oh, good. Glad to hear. Hey, how you doing? Love seeing you at church Sunday. Love seeing you at the Bible study tonight. How's it been the past couple of days? Yeah, not, not so great. Haven't gotten as much done as I wanted to. Mm, okay, I get that. Hey, how you doing? You know, we're busy. We're busy and we're tired, but that's just the stage of life we're in, right? It's just, it's just a season. It's just a season, just a stage. So we just got to get through it. Do those conversations all sound very plausible? Yeah? You guys taking part in those conversations? Just a stage of busyness, just a season. Oh, it was a good week. I got a lot done. I produced a lot. Oh, it was a bad day. I didn't get a lot done. Okay? All right. Keep that in mind, that those are very plausible conversations that we frequently find ourselves engaging in. Before we dive into this name of God, let's pray. Lord, Thank you for who you are. Thank you for uh, all of the wonderful things that you do for us, including allowing us to be the church, allowing us to be your bride, welcoming us as such, dying for us, loving us, sanctifying us. We are so grateful. Now as we have a chance to continue worship by opening your word, would you teach us in this time? Would you remind us of who you are? Lord, we want to know you. We want to be like Jesus. We want to make Jesus known. So may you be glorified this morning, and may your church be sanctified. May your church be purified and sharpened and refined. We submit to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there's a wonderful name of God, Elohe Mikrov. And this name means, quite simply, God who is near. Don't gloss over that. Don't gloss over Elohe Mikrov. Because when we get busy, when we get distracted by the season and stage of life we're in, when we get consumed with what we did or didn't produce, it's easy to lose sight of God who is near. In Jeremiah 23, 23, he says, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Deuteronomy 4, 7, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon Him? 
God reveals himself as Elohe Mikrov, God who is near. God who is near to us. And what beautiful, beautiful gift do we find in the nearness of his presence? At the start, just 60 seconds ago, when we said, hey, you know, we're, we're tired because we're busy, but that's just a stage of life we're in. I hope I don't dampen anyone's mood, but it's not a stage of life you're in. The really cool thing about this church is that we have every decade represented. We have 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40. I mean, we have every decade represented, which means we have families at every stage of life. I have talked to families with young kids, just born babies, expecting their first kid, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-year-old. Like we, when you talk to the families of young kids, how you doing? You hear, yeah, we're tired. We're tired because we're busy. But it's just a stage. It's not. I talk to the families of the younger kids, the kids in elementary school and middle school, and now they're starting to do sports, and now they're getting engaged in activities, and on their first travel, to, like, and they're tired because they're busy but that's okay, it's just a stage. No, it's not. Because then I talk to you guys who have kids in high school and in middle school, and guess what? You're busy, and you're tired because you're busy. And then I talk to the families whose kids are in college or out of the house and they have adult kids. Now they're starting to be grandparents, and they're busy, and they're tired because they're busy. So we keep saying it's just a stage, it's just a season, but the bottom line is it, it's not. So maybe the question isn't, okay, well, how do I just grit my teeth and get through this stage? Maybe the question is, if God has granted to me all things pertaining to life and godliness, what has he granted to us for this busyness, for this tiredness? Well, he's Elohim Mikrov, and what do we find in God's presence? What do we find in God's nearness? We find rest. Rest is not a dirty word. But very subtly, we've allowed our mind, our mind set to shift and think of it as such. Did you have a good day? Yeah, I got a lot done. Did you have a good day? No, I didn't get as much done as I wanted to. The goodness of my day is directly correlated to my production. The goodness of my week is directly correlated to how much I produced. The work. Now, don't get me wrong. Work is a good thing. Hard work is a good thing. The Bible calls us to that. Read Ecclesiastes. It's good to, to work hard. But we make the mistake of associating good equals more work. Less work equals bad. So if that's our mindset then rest is the first thing that gets thrown out the window. Do you know how many times I've seen articles, magazine headlines, front page issues, how to turn your hobby into a side hustle? Why? Because you can't even do anything just because you enjoy it anymore. You like woodworking? You're not making any money off of it? Too bad. You should start. No one's paid me to read yet, which is a real bummer but we can't even have hobbies anymore. We have to have side hustles. 
Oh, you're not at your actual job? Well, what work are you doing until you can get back to your work? No, Elohe Mikrov, God who is near and in his presence, we find rest. Exodus 33:14, and he, God, and God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11:28 to 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest matters to God. Rest is nothing to feel ashamed of or guilty over. Rest is important to Yahweh, to Elohe Mikrov. Genesis 2, 2-3, And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Now, note the balance, note the ratio, 6 to 1. Rest is not an excuse for laziness. Rest is not an excuse for slothfulness. But God rested. So you want to imitate God? Rest. And I'm not talking about a 10-minute breather. I'm talking about a day of rest. I mean, you don't have to put hands up. But how many of you would really say, yeah, your average, your default setting is a little bit tired? Right? My default setting is a little bit worn out, a little bit run down, a little bit exhausted. I could never wear a shirt that says I'm excited. I couldn't muster that sort of enthusiasm. That's my, that's my default setting, right? That's a, that's a, I'm an adult. Adults are supposed to be tired. Adults are supposed to be over busy. Really? You think that's God's design? He wants his people just stretched too thin, burnt out, falling over? No. One of the first things God did was model for us, rest, take a day and breathe. And he didn't just model it. Exodus 28 to 11, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Do those, does, that, does that come from the ten suggestions? The ten good ideas? It comes from the ten commandments. You know what else is in the commandments? Murder, theft, lying, adultery. You know how many words murder, theft, and adultery get combined? Twelve. God took 12 words to talk about killing someone, stealing from them, and adultery. He was like, yeah, 12, that's enough. He spent 98 words on rest. I think, I think that's not an insignificant balance. I think the emphasis is pretty clear. Rest matters to God. He wants us rested. 
Mark 6, 30 to 32, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. Jesus, we have done all this work. This is all the labor we have done. And Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Don't feel guilty about resting. Please don't feel guilty about taking a day to rest. God modeled a day of rest. Jesus taught a day of rest. God commands a day of rest. Don't feel ashamed by it. Don't feel like a day was wasted because you didn't produce anything. One of the best things my wife and I ever did was take that commandment seriously. And you don't touch our Sabbath day. Why? Because I know I need it. You guys know me. I'm pedal to the metal. But I'm also on the Sabbath day. Work doesn't get done. You know what I did this past week for the Sabbath? I read, played with Violet, and that was it. That was the extent of my day. Like, I ate food, and I played with my daughter, and when she napped, I read. Sam, you didn't produce anything. Aren't you embarrassed by that? Are you kidding me? Who's embarrassed for putting gas in their car? Right, when you're at the gas tank, who's like, oh man, I hope my friends don't see me? You think it's just better to run around on empty? Guys, rest is a joy, rest is a gift. Now the unfortunate thing, the reality is, it's possible to reject that gift. We can dismiss it. And lest we think we're disappointing God by resting, no, 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 friends, He doesn't want us to reject resting. Listen to these verses. Psalm 127.2, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for He gives to His beloved sleep. Come on. God's fine with you resting. He's more bothered when we don't. Proverbs 23.4, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Be wise enough to take a breather. Isaiah 30, 15, For thus said the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling and you said, No, we will flee upon horses. Therefore you shall flee away and we will ride upon swift steeds. Therefore your pursuers shall be swift. God says, rest. The people said, no, we can do it in our own strength. And he was like, oh, that's going to get you is more trouble. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Rest is a gift. But if we leave it wrapped up in the closet, it doesn't do much good. Take a day. Yes, I mean a day. 
If God meant for Sabbath to be 10 minutes in between picking the kids up and dropping them off, he would have said, honor the Sabbath 10 minutes. God said, honor the Sabbath day. Rest. I'm near to you, and in my presence you find rest. So don't fight it. Don't feel bad about it. Appreciate it. Delight in it. Because God delights in it. Listen to these verses. This is Psalm 116, 1-7. I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because He inclined His ear to me, therefore I will call on Him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid a hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. I'm suffering. I'm in anguish. I'm anxious. It's hard. I can't do this. I called on the Lord to deliver my soul. And he says, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Ezekiel 34, 15, God speaking. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. Isaiah 63, 7-9 and 14, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that He has granted them, according to His compassion, according to the abundance of His steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Wow, that's a big buildup. What is possibly the conclusion to this thought? He redeemed us. He rescued us. He saved us. I mean, wow, this is impressive what God has done us. What is it talking about? Like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Guys, rest is something to be cherished. It's something to be fought for. It's something to honor, to imitate God, to take a day and breathe. Running around on empty, that's not doing it. That's not helping anyone. But God gave us the answer. He says, rest. Rest, my child. Don't fight it. Don't feel like you wasted the day. You did exactly what I wanted you to. You rested. It's awesome. It's something worth celebrating. It's something to be embraced with gratitude that God gave me a day of rest so I could imitate him. Thank you, Lord. Look at the parallels. Note the parallels between temporary rest and eternal rest. And once again, this isn't my take on it. This is what Scripture says. This is Hebrews 4, 1-11. Hebrews 4. 
Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his words were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. So what he's talking about is eternal rest. He's beginning this passage with talking about eternal rest, comparing heaven to eternal rest. But then look where it goes. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterward, in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. See the parallel God draws between eternal rest and Sabbath rest? Look, I can, I can work my way to heaven, I think, and I won't get there. And all I'll do is burn myself out trying to earn heaven with moralism, with humanism, with good deeds. I can't work my way to salvation. I can exhaust myself trying. I can depress myself trying, feeling like I never measure up, like I'm never good enough. I can be guilty all the time, knowing I'm not quite there. Or... I can eternally rest in repentance and grace. And I can say, I'm going to mess up how we do communion. I'm going to mess up dismissing the kids. I'm going to sin. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get jealous. I'm going to commit envy. But I can rest in repentance and grace. I can burn myself out through work. I can put in 8, 10, 12 hours at my job, go home, be like, nope, not good enough. Now I've got to burn myself out at home. I can get to a point where I'm depleted mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally. I haven't invested in my wife or my kids because I'm so burnt out because I'm just trying to work all the time. Or I can rest. I can say, hey, God gave me a day to rest. I'm going to take it. I'm not doing anything God hasn't called me to do. If anything, I'm enjoying what God has given to me. Church, I'm going to keep saying this phrase because honestly, I really think we struggle with, to accept this. Don't feel guilty about a day of rest. Please don't. Please, please don't. Don't beat yourself up because you took a day of rest. Who do you think wants you exhausted so that you're snapping at your family? Who do you think wants you emotionally depleted so that you don't have time for scripture or prayer? Who do you think wants you running on empty? The enemy. So God gave us a day 
of rest. If this is something you struggle with, I'd like you to borrow this book. Before you freak out, you don't need to read the whole book. And before you say, well, Sam loves books, so he's just going to say anything positive about any book, you want to know my truthful opinion about the entirety of this book? It's very boring. I honestly don't remember the vast majority of it. I didn't think it was original. Didn't have a lot of good stuff in it. All right, so I'm willing to be brutally honest about books. But there is a chapter here. You can see the bookmark in the first little bit. There is a chapter here on the practicalities of Sabbath. Practical advice for how to take and honor a Sabbath. And it was phenomenal. It was one of the best practical examinations of a Sabbath day that I've ever come across. I was, I was honestly surprised that it was that good and the rest of the book was so disinteresting. So all you need, and it's four pages. This guy wrote like bite-sized chapters. They're designed to be read in like one or two days. So literally four pages on the practical advice for taking a Sabbath. If you struggle with applying a Sabbath and you're looking for advice, borrow this book. Read the chapter, pass it on to me, and I guarantee you we'll have a list of 30 people who need to read it to. Guys, rest. Elohim Mikrov, God who is near, and in his nearness we find rest. So this week, let's read Psalm 23. I know we know it. I know if you've grown up in church, you know it. You've got it hanging in your kitchen. I know. I've taught 14 weeks worth of material on Psalm 23. I have researched ancient Middle Eastern shepherding. I have studied the Hebrew words in this psalm. I would dare say I am familiar with Psalm 23 as anyone else in this room. I read it again this week and spent time on it, soaking it in, meditating on it, and I was blown away with how it refreshed me. So yeah, I know you know Psalm 23. Read it this week and sit with it. And then to the imitate Jesus part, take a nap. I'm dead serious. Take a nap this week. Linger over a meal. Stop just wolfing down our food so that we can get on with whatever's next. No, take time to sit and converse and savor the conversation. Imitate Jesus, church, rest. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for rest. Thank you for the gift of rest. I mean, you literally use details like he has given his beloved sleep. Lord, give these people a nap this afternoon, please. For anybody sitting here running through the laundry list of what needs to get done today, strike it from their memory. Let them forget. Give your people the courage to rest today. May we celebrate your nearness. Thank you that you are Elohe Mikrov. Thank you that in your presence we find rest. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Please stand. Hey everyone, Pastor Sam here. Thanks for joining us for a Sunday sermon. If you're interested in more of the sermons from this series or some of our past sermon series that we've done, you can find them at discovercommunity.org under the sermon file. Uh, otherwise, you can subscribe to this channel to make sure you stay up to date on all our content. Thanks for joining us.